Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells cunt. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome back to See You Next Tuesday here. I'm Jesse. Amanda. Hope y'all had a wonderful week. I forgot I was supposed to say my name. Oh, yeah. You said <laughs> I'm Jesse. I'm like, who, who oh, am I again? Yeah. hey <laughs> Oh, God. It's, uh, no. What are you going to do? Eh. <sighs> How was your week? Well, it was all right. I was just logging my breakfast. You just what? I was just logging my breakfast from this morning. Oh, yeah. In the app? app yeah. Yep. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, like, thing trying to be healthier. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I really need to be healthier because, you know, my MS and all, and I had to deal with my insurance and... That was a shit show. Oh, God. Let me tell you. I spent two hours on the phone on Friday. And I'm nowhere. I'm in the same place I was at before I started all my phone calls. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was fun. You're like, um, why did I waste all of this time? Yeah, so I'm starting new medication. That is an infusion. The infusion center, they had to send my prescription to my specialty pharmacy so my specialty pharmacy can send the medication to the infusion center. The specialty pharmacy, the infusion center says, you need to call the specialty pharmacy and authorize them sending the medication to us. I call the specialty pharmacy. The specialty pharmacy says, well, did you get a pre-approval on this? And I said, yeah, somebody called me back in December and said that my insurance was going to cover it, which I was really excited because I've had to fight my insurance for all my medications since I was diagnosed. And they said, well, we don't have that. Can you call your provider and have them send it to us? And I'm like, fine. But it wasn't my doctor's office that called me and told me I was approved. And I'm like, who called me? Who called me? Who called me? I'm like, you know what? I think it was the manufacturer of the medication because they have this whole like patient connect, like help you with your whole process people uh-huh. and they're great like they got me set up with copay assistance i have a whole copay assistance card nice. to where like i should never have to pay more than five dollars for my medication thank god and it covers up to like twenty thousand dollars a year holy it's great it's great like they have this the manufacturer has like they're just to help you with the whole process and so but i'm like okay I was like, I'll try to call my doctor. So I try to call my doctor's office. They don't have an option to speak to like a nurse. Oh, God. So I'm like, I'll hit option three for an appointment, and then maybe they'll transfer me to who I need to go to. Right. I get voicemail. Oh, great. I'm like, I'm not finally leaving a message. So then I call my husband, who's at work, and I'm like, who, who, who do I need to call? And he's like, well, call the insurance and find out. And he's like, call the insurance and they'll be able to help you. He's like, because if they're the one that approved it. I mean, one would think. The insurance can send it, like, the medical insurance can send it to the pharmacy, right? Right. So I call Blue Cross Blue Shield. I went home for over 20 minutes. Oh, God. Then... I get this very lovely lady who's not lovely at all, (laughs) who cannot help me. 
Who oh, will not help great. me. Who keeps coming back and goes, let me check on something. Hold on. Let me check on something. Hold on. Let me check on something. Hold on. And then at the end, she does not ever tell me what she's checking on or does not ever tell me any answers. And she just says, I can't help you. You need to call your provider. What the? <sighs> she's online shopping over there. She's like, hold on. Let me just make sure I can make this purchase. What <laughs> the hell? So I'm like, like mother of fucking God. So then I'm like, do I try to get my doctor back? And then I'm like, you know what? It's, it was the drug manufacturer that told me that I was approved, right? So obviously they have the approval. They're the ones with something, right? Right. So I call them because I'm like... Surely you guys. I'm like, your patient, poor, your patient connects, whatever department, help, helpful department people. Mm-hmm. Has this approval, right? Because mm-hmm. you're the ones who told me that my insurance was going to cover it. Exactly. You're the one that gave me that information. So I call them after God knows how many phone calls. And I am on the ledge now, right? Oh. I'm on the ledge. I would have been on the ledge after the first phone call, to be honest. I am on the ledge. This guy answers, right? I'm on the ledge. I'm on the ledge. I'm standing on the ledge. And I'm like, hi, I really hope you can help me because... And I word vomit. <laughs> and he's like... Let's reel it back in. This ain't his first rodeo, clearly. <laughs> He's like, okay, so what do you need? I was like, okay. I kind of calmed down for a second. Mm-hmm. And I go, so you guys are the ones that called me in December and told me that my insurance was going to cover this my, my medication. Yes. Now, the specialty pharmacy is saying they need the pre-approval to be able to send it to the infusion center. Mm-hmm. Do you have that? And can you send it to them? Because I can't get a hold of my doctor's office. And my insurance company says that they can't help me. And I'm now trying to think outside the box. And you are outside the box. This is, this is where I'm at. <laughs> and he's like... Well, no, and that's outside of our scope. And I just went, fuck. Oh, my God. You're like my fifth phone call. (laughs) And he was like, well, let's see what we can do. He was like, what's your date of birth? You know, because he used to like confirm. Verifying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he pulls up my thing and he's like, okay, bless his heart and not in a bad way. Yeah, like, thank you, God. Finally, someone does something here. So this is what he does. This is, this is where I'm at. He says, you sign the authorization for us to be able to talk to these people on your behalf. I'm going to fax it over to them right now. When we ran your benefits in December, you didn't need a pre-approval with your insurance. I'm going to have our benefits department rerun that. Mm. And then we will call this specialty pharmacy back and see exactly what they need. They're going to... At the end of the day, at the end of the phone call, they are handling everything for me. Oh, fuck yes. I mean, oh, so, uh, that was going to be my question from the get-go. Why the fuck in America do they have us do all the shit? 
that's literally not within our job description, right? Like there's like, what you need is form blah, blah, blah. I need to ask for this form from your insurance. It's like, bitch, if you know the form, you fucking talk to my insurance. Why the so fuck am I ever talking to my insurance? I thought I was just calling the specialty pharmacy to authorize them to send my medication, which makes sense, right? Right, because you're the patient. Right, Please right, right. do this. That's fine. That's fine. I have no problem doing that. Done. But then I make the phone call and they're like, oh, well, we need a pre-approval. From do you have that? Did Well, she said, did you get that? And I'm like, well, I received a phone call in December and I was told my insurance was going to cover this. So I didn't think I needed any, any pre-approval. So I thought about? this was all taken care of. Right. Like, we're, we're done. What, what, what? So at the end of this phone call, this guy said, "We, you signed the authorization form for us to speak to these people on your behalf. So I'm going to send that over to them. And we will take care of everything for you. We will call you back Tuesday or Wednesday. I said, I'll be at work. I do know that we have secured text messaging. I said, I've used it before. So if I don't answer, can you please send me the text message? He's like, not a problem. Wow. He's like, but also the number you called me on, save it in your phone. Mm. So you'll know it's us. Right. So it's not like that way you don't think it's spam. Right. Because there's like a thousand today now. He was the angel I needed on Friday. Seriously. Like, bro. And this gold is stars for you. Drug manufacturer. Right. The, the last person you would think. Taking care of all of this for me. <laughs> right. I'm like, God bless. But here's what I want to know. Here's what I want to know. Why is it so hard for me to get the medication that I absolutely have to have? But I could walk into any doctor's office and go, "Mm, you know what, my back hurts today. And they'd be like, cool, here's this prescription. Take it to your local CCH and give them your insurance information. They can call and then somebody will deliver a white envelope full of cash to pay for it. And by your local CCH, I mean your corner crack house and you'll get your fentanyl that you need. Yeah, I don't know. Dude. Don't ask And it'll cost me. you nothing. I, I have no idea. Honestly, like, I'm actually surprised that people can... Well, I mean, obviously, there's a black market for anything, but, like, besides the surgeries I've had with where I had to have fentanyl, like, I don't know how you would even ask for that from a doctor. Like, yeah, or, they barely gave me Tylenol when I left. Like, they were like, well, this is as much as I'm like, really, bro? I had major surgery, and this is what you're giving me? Okay. I mean, I feel like you can walk into any doctor's office in America and tell them your back hurts, and you're going to leave with an Oxy prescription. I don't know. And you don't even need it. But I can't get the fucking medication I need. Right. Like, I've got to fight tooth and nail. I spent two hours, and at the end of the day, the drug manufacturer is the one that's helping me get what I need. It's, dude, our whole system. I could spend a whole couple of years yelling about it. <laughs> Because I don't get it. I don't get it. Because again, it's been, there's plenty of other countries that have free health care. There's plenty of other countries. The day my doctor said, the day my doctor and I had the conversation of which medication do you want to switch to, Mm -hmm. I would have been the next day getting said medication. Yeah. And it'd be over. And not saying like other countries, everything's perfect by any means, but it's sure shit ain't this, you know, where it's a whole pro and, and it's the, on you, the patient to figure all this shit out. You're like, why is it? And that's the only reason why I'm talking about it thing. is because I don't think people realize how difficult it is for mm-hmm. someone who has a health condition that requires medication. Right. 
how All fucking the time. difficult it is. Yeah. And honestly, if I didn't have this copay assistance from the manufacturer, there is no fucking telling how much this is gonna cost me. Oh, I because don't even can't even imagine. According to the drug manufacturer's website, this many this drug on average a year costs sixty eight thousand dollars. That's insane. Like what in what world can anyone afford that? And you in only take what world? It, you only get it twice a year. Fuck off. That's just ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Like it's like the new the okay, so Moderna's gonna sell the COVID vaccine $390. It costs five dollars to make. Exactly right. What it's the just, fuck? It's just like fucking EpiPens. Yeah, EpiPens, exactly. I mean, it's like, why? Like insulin, anything you need to live, insulin, EpiPens, period products, cancer treatment products, MS medication. Like I need this to survive. This isn't like a cosmetic. No, no, no. I need it to survive. I think should be free. Period. But you know what? I, I have a prescription for migraine medicine in my purse. Mm-hmm. Less than a dollar exactly. is what it costs to pick up from the pharmacy. Right. And as it should be. I think, I think agreed. Like but, medication should be affordable. But it's insane. But here's the thing. Do I have to have it? I mean, yeah, yes. kinda. <laughs> I mean, so the the migraine medicine in my purse is like for when I happen to get a migraine, like my daily migraine medicine is different. But right, of course. Could I take a leave and be okay? Yeah, I could. My point is that should be $200. Right. My MS medication should be the one that costs less than a fucking dollar. I agree. That's exactly my point. Like the stuff that we need, that you need to actually live, period, baseline live, should be free. I agree. But I mean, again, we can Bernie Sanders this all day. But anyway, I'm only talking about it because I feel like people don't understand what people like me that have these diseases go through on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Just trying to like be healthy. Like just live a a quote unquote normal life, like a regular life. Yeah. And I'm glad you're bringing awareness to it. And and thank you for sharing because, I mean, you don't have to. No, I don't have to. I could... Yeah. Keep quiet about it and not talk about it. And, you know, and, and I'm very lucky where I'm at in my disease because there's a lot of people that are more further along in their disease and worse off than I am. And I'm very fortunate. And that's why I need the medication. Right. Right. To maintain the lifestyle that you have and for as long as you can. I mean, of course. Yes. And that's also why I have decided to make these lifestyle changes in my life as well. The eating better and I'm going to start exercising. I know. Okay. So start, just start walking around your neighborhood. No, let me tell you about my exercise journey. That's going to start this week. Okay. (laughs) I'm excited. Everybody's going to die and laugh and think this is ridiculous. Are you going jazzercise because I'm actually in? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So first of all, everyone, I have lost 7.4 pounds in 19 days. Yay. Just by changing what I eat. There you go. I measure out my food and I have was very sad about my current eating situation. So we eat out on Friday nights 
And we are continuing to do that. I'm just making better choices. We did get Chinese food. Do you want to know how much Chinese food you get to eat? It's way, way less than you want. It's like probably like a cup. A quarter cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so annoying. Cup, everyone. (laughs) I know. I don't that's why I don't measure. I'm just like, F it. F it. Nope. (laughs) A quarter cup of rice and a quarter cup of your food. Mm Mm-hmm. You're still hungry after that. Oh God, yes. Oh my God, so, yes. You know what? Then I then I waited a little bit and I had a snack. But you know what I had for snack? I had pork rinds, or I had this really good beef jerky I found. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? It's all protein. Mm-hmm. No carbs, no nada. Anyhow, but my exercise journey. <laughs> I hate exercising. I fucking hate it. I 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 hate it. But do you know what I love to do? And I'm ashamed to admit this. I'm really ashamed to admit this. I won't look at you, go. I love to play video games. That's awesome. Why why are you? That's amazing. That's awesome. So the Switch has. Oh, yeah. A ring fit video game. Uh Uh-huh. So it's exercising, but you're playing a video game as you're exercising. That sounds amazing. So I had to get it off GameStop because it was made in like 2019 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was the only place I could find it. It comes in on Wednesday. Hell yeah, girl. It has this ring, right? Uh-huh. And then a leg thing. And then you have to run and then you do the ring and then you do like squats and shit. Yeah. yeah. To like kill the people. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm here for it. Get it, girl. I'm I'm actually excited about this, and I'm a little embarrassed that this has to be my exercise. <laughs> Honestly, don't. Because, like, to be truthful, what did I tell you? You texted me, and I was like, girl, I, this sounds shitty, because I feel you. A lot of times I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here. Oh, my God, I don't want to be here. You have to, like, play a mental game with yourself. And it's a, if it's a literal game, who fucking cares, right? Who gives a shit as long as you're exercising at the end of the day? Let people judge you. Come at that. But... You know, it's, so, that sounds awesome. I like looked it up and I watched the whole like I watched the video of it and I'm like, this like looks fun. Like I could do this. And then I had to get you know pot heavy on board, right? Well, yeah. Because course. like we've spent a lot of money on exercise stuff over the years that I've never done, and so I was like, honey. <laughs> and he was like, this looks fun. He's like, and I actually like need to exercise and do things too because we're getting up in our years and he's like I might actually do this too and I'm like okay cool so here's the deal the only place that you can find it is GameStop and this is how much it costs Mm -hmm. and he's like he's like do you need me to go pick it up because I can go pick it up and I'm like well I gotta order it (laughs) approved approved as soon as he says that it's like great like order order now order Order now order now now. before it goes out of stock (laughs) that's amazing I love that so I'll let you know how it is. Please. I think it's going to be fun and it's going to be a way for me to exercise because like I've lost a good amount of weight, like yeah. just changing what I eat. And like, I know I shocked the hell out of you when I was like, I need to change my taco order. Yeah. I was like, wait, who in the what now? <laughs> Cause you always get the same thing. I know, but that's not good for you. Potato, egg and cheese. Potatoes and cheese. Really? Oh, potatoes and cheese are so good. I know. It's so fucking amazing. I love it to death, but. I know. I know. I know. It sucks. I know. I log. If it goes in my face, I put it in my app. Don't you fucking hate that? 
I love it, actually. I know, I know. I, I it's actually kind it, of fun. Actually, <laughs> I, I do actually love it, but now I got to start throwing the dreaded E word in, and this is going to have to happen. The E word? Exercise. Oh, okay. Yeah, got it. But you know what? Like I said, just like, I'm glad you found something that you were like, I think I can do this. This feels feasible. Because like, I get it. Like, the one thing I've just recently had to separate my brain from was the unhealthy reason why I was exercising in the first place. And it was from the 90s and 2000s. And you know where I'm going with this. It's the super, you have to look like a Victoria's Secret model to be valued. You do not eat fat. You only, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like all those unhealthy things they taught us in those years. Thank God you Gen Zs, all four of you that are listening, did not have that, do not have that. You'll have a way better foundation for positive body image than we ever had. I mean, they literally sold like diet pills to young girls, essentially. So my mom (laughs) taught me that, how to suck in your stomach. Yep. Yep. How to suck in your stomach, you know, how to look a certain way and that, oh, you're not fat, you're healthy looking. Fuck oh, off. That's a baby fat. Baby you fat. You outgrow You outgrow it. It. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. suck in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when your family members are telling you these things and then society has like looking at Victoria's Secret like fashion shows and going like, this is what a valued woman looks like. Yeah. You're going to have some fucking problems with <laughs> eating and dieting and exercising. And, and I actually haven't liked exercising purely because I'm truthfully, I'm lazy. I'd rather like lay down and eat and lose weight somehow. Don't you wish? Yeah. That's <laughs> been my game plan for, since I right? had my first children and I still have their baby weight. So, hey, you know, we all got, I agree. agree. I think that's how we all should lose weight, but whatever. Anyway, but yeah, it's taken me this long to kind of unwire my brain from that. And I'm in my mid thirties. So I meet yourself where you're at. I've actually started feeling better since I started eating better. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of the problem is also like trying to figure out like cooking, like what do you cook for dinner? Like what is healthy to cook for dinner? Things like that. And it's been easier since we started doing HelloFresh again. Yeah. Because yep. they also have like, you can scroll through the meals and it has like their healthy meals and you can pick from those too. Yep. And it also has all the nutrition facts you need. So mm-hmm. then when you're entering in your app, like if you don't oh, have it. my app has right HelloFresh. Like I oh. put the title of my recipe and done. it has it already in there. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's even better. It was like done. So. Yeah. It's like, I think we're trying to say is like, it's all about little small incremental changes, y'all. Like you don't have to like think I got to be a marathon runner by May, which shit, if that's your goal, get it, get it, dude. I'm proud of you, but I don't want to be a marathon runner because this girl don't run (laughs) unless there's tacos and margaritas down the block. We need to get some margs, girl. We need to get some fucking margs. I had the best margs when I had mentioned last episode, we went out to dinner. Yes. So my son actually went to the school dance voluntarily. What? He's in ninth grade and never been to a school dance. Who is this child all of a sudden? He's like like turning extroverted. I'm not mad at it. It's just like he went from intro to extro. I I don't know. So we went to dinner at Salt Traders and they had the best margs. They put Himalayan salt on the rim. Oh God. I want, I would just want like a big old margarita with salt right now. It was so good. Like, okay, we went out to dinner. Do you know what I got? Huh. Seared scallops. Oh my and God. And it came on top of cauliflower mash. 
That's very healthy, actually. I know. See, you just make better choices. It's all, it's all it really is. Yeah. So whatever you feel is right for you, do I really that. wanted the fried shrimp, but I didn't well, get it. Well, shit. <laughs> fried fries? Oh, my God. <sighs> and, like, we always get appetizers. So for the appetizer, like, normally we, I don't know, fried calamari would be would have been fucking amazing. Oh, but yes. we got the mussels instead. Right. Which, again, you're, it's just switching. One thing for another. And mussels. Oh, oh they were fucking great. Oh, I'm starving. Why am I hungry right now? Because <laughs> I'm talking about seared scallops and mussels. It sounds amazing. But, you know, I was a little nervous about seared scallops because seared scallops can go bad real fast. Well, you'll also know you can smell that. No, I mean, like, they can be overcooked and get oh, rubbery. Oh, rubbery? Oh, yeah. I hate that. I know what you mean. It has so, to be a certain... I Like, you've got to pull them off. Quick. Yeah. There's like a... Two second minute window there where you got. (laughs) They were cooked perfect. Oh, God. If you've never been to Salt Traders, you have Mm -hmm. to go. Yeah, we've gone. It's just been a minute since we've gone. I mean, because, you know, we just haven't gone out in a hot minute, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like we love it, but we don't like to go too often because if you go too often, then you don't like to go. Yeah, it loses the appeal. The whole point of it is to, it should feel like a treat. Yeah. You know, like, ooh, going out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, good. I think it's great. I mean, and that's the whole thing is the other thing is a lot of people like, you know, my resolution only lasts in January, February or whatever. One thing I'm trying is like when you quit, go back to it. Fuck it. Who cares? You took three weeks off. Who cares? Who cares? Who Who's well, actually keeping track but you? You know what I mean? Who is like, oh, well, you screwed that up. You can't ever go back and do that again. No, just go back to it. It's fine. I'm not like saying I can't do this or that or whatever. Because, you know, like, my pod hubby and my son, like, there be times where it's like, or when we eat out, it's not always an actual restaurant. Like, it'll be fast food. Yeah, the point is you're doing something different that night. Nobody's cooking. so, I don't, I'm not going to go, well, I can't eat that. You know what I do? Kids meal cheeseburger. Yeah. I don't get the fucking giant cheeseburger or whatever, because guess what? I don't want the entire thing anyways. It's bad. And I'm full after the fucking kids meal anyways. Yeah. And honestly, that's probably around the portion size we should be eating. And <laughs> to I be love, perfectly honest. I love the motherfucking toys. Yeah, plus toys are fun. You know yeah. what I got in my Sonic kids meal? Oh, what? A little plastic visor like they wear at Sonic and a little teeny tiny wacky pack bag. What? That's amazing. <laughs> I love Sonic. Oh, God. Yeah, we need to move on. I'm I'm starving now. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm mean, I, Mainly the point is like, I'm just trying to be healthy. Like I'm that's my point. I'm trying to be healthy. Exactly. Because I need to be healthy because of my whole like for you. situation. It's for you. Right. And that's good. It should be for you. It shouldn't be because society is like mm, looking like shaming you and shit. And you know what? Fuck that. If you are happy and healthy, fuck what everybody else says. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Lizzo has a really good, like, perspective. Like, I think we all just need to get over talking about other people's bodies. Because, like, what good is that doing in society at this point? Like, can we move past how people look, who they love, what they want to do with their lives, and go towards, like, better things? Really, everyone just needs to stay in their lane. That's what it is at the end of the day. Stay in your motherfucking lane about fucking everything, y'all. Yeah. And until it like hurts somebody or is it against a human right, 
right? Let's all just like live our lives, right? And then, yeah, if you want to, absolutely, if you see something, say something, stand up for it. Oh, yeah, but, but if you're just going to gossip, stay in your motherfucking lane. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I'm not going to stay in my lane about? What's that? This fucking murder. Okay, let's get it. So, have you ever been to Broken Arrow? No. Texas, yeah? No, it's in Tulsa and Wagner County in Oklahoma. No, okay, I've heard of it, but I've never been there. Yes, and it is actually the largest suburb of Tulsa. And in the 2020 census, it claims the population was 113,540 people. That's pretty big. It is the fourth largest city in the state of Oklahoma. Oh, wow, okay. So originally Broken Arrow was an architect architectural that is not right <laughs> i have not been drinking today i know i know <laughs> agricultural community but currently it has the three large the third largest contra- congregation congregation <laughs> i like it concentration manufacturers in the state oh cool and some of the more notable employers in broken arrow are flight safety international fedex ground Bluebell Windstream Communications. Oh. Did you know there was Bluebell outside of Texas? No. I thought it was only like the reason it stayed in Texas and they only delivered to the surrounding was only because they only deliver up to where a what a refrigerated truck can go up to. Well, apparently there's Bluebell in Brooklyn, mm. Oklahoma. I was devastated. I know, I'm kind of sad now. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, no, it's a whole big Texas thing. It's a Texas it is not just a Texas thing. <sighs> Can't believe we gave it to Oklahoma of all places. Sorry, Oklahomans. So in <laughs> 2005, the city adopted a downtown revitalization master plan to help revive the city's historic downtown area. Some of the plans included a new three-story museum to house the Historical and Genealogical Society, a farmer's market and plaza, a new performing arts center, Updates and expansion to the area parks, a conversion of the historic Central Middle School on Main Street into a professional development center, infrastructure and landscape improvements, and incentives to encourage denser infill redevelopment and reuse of the area's historic structures. Many buildings and homes were renovated and turned into new shops and offices. So the city also set strict new design standards in place and that all the new developments in the downtown area, they had to adhere to those. And so in October 2012, Broken Arrow's downtown Main Street corridor was named, wait for it, the Rose District. Oh, wow. So I don't know about you. I kind of want to move to Broken Arrow now. Oh, Okay. And I want to make that population 113,543. Because <laughs> how does that not sound like they like they revitalize the whole downtown? They need the whole... I mean... It sounds, sounds pretty. Great. Yeah. It sounds great. I mean, and it sounds like nothing bad could happen there. Oh, God. Something bad happened there. What happened? Nothing. Mm-hmm. So, David, 54. Two and April 44, be- David and April Beaver, he was 52, she was 44, and there's seven children. Oh, wow. Robert, 18, Michael, 15, Daniel, 12, Crystal, 13, Christopher, 7, Victoria, 5, and Autumn, 2. 
They must have thought Broken Arrow was as idyllic as I do because they lifted, lived at 709 Magnolia Court. Oh, wow. Magnolia, Magnolia too? Court. Like, just... I mean... Everything is screaming, like, Pleasantville. Right? Yeah. I mean, hello. I want to live there. <laughs> so, they lived in a five-bedroom, four-and-a-bath, four-and-a-half bath home. It was 4,592 square feet. The two-story home was built in 1972 with a fireplace. It had walk-in closets, a breakfast nook, a dining room, a family room, laundry room, library, office, pantry, rec room, workshop, hot tub pool, wet bar. Wow. Sounds cute, that, right? That, damn, they're living large. I know, that right? nice. So David worked in the tech field and April homeschooled all of the kids. Bless her heart. <laughs> oh, I man. mean, we all know how I feel about homeschool. But I'm going to go on a limb here and say that David was bringing in the cashish. I, I mean, mean, if he had seven kids in that huge ass house and April wasn't working. What year was this? I hadn't said yet, but uh, I mean, 2015. Holy fuck, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I was going to say 1950s, 1960s. Like, yeah, sure, you have a normal job. But now, oh, my God, he must have been pulling down two, three. Mm-hmm. Minimum. Impressive, right? Yeah. I mean... Get it. I mean, hey, get it. David, holla. Also, 2015 houses weren't the crazy, crazy price that they are now. No, they so, weren't. They were probably a little more cheap. So if he was making $200,000 a year... He, with seven kids and they're homeschooled. Right. They're doing very well. Yes. So the Bieber family neighbors describe the family as reclusive. Real quick. Bieber or Beaver? Beaver. B-E-V-E-R. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought you said. I Bever, just want to. Beaver. Yeah. Okay. Beaver I... Cleaver. Like fucking literally like their name is also. I mean, I say from... Beaver, but I guess it could be Bever because Bever? there's only B-E-V-E. Oh. Oh, yeah, just go with, we're going to go with Beaver. So if it's wrong, sorry, <laughs> you Bless. can let us know. <laughs> let us know, Oklahomans. Bless our hearts. Bless our hearts. We don't know how to say shit. We're just from Texas. We don't know we how don't know. to talk. We don't know jack about shit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so neighbors described the family as reclusive. But family friends described April as friendly and with a big heart. They said they were reclusive because the kids were rarely seen playing outside. They seemed to always be inside on some sort of form of technology. In fact, there were a lot of computers inside the home. They said they had never seen any other kids coming over to the house. The blinds or the windows were never open. And the neighbors said they found this kind of creepy. I feel this in my soul because this describes my neighbors to a T. And I think I'm going to put up a security camera beyond my ring doorbell so I can keep an eye on them. <laughs> yeah. I actually was telling the pod hubby about this. And I said, hey, can we get a security camera outside? And he goes, you are not spying on the neighbors. And you're like, what? I, I didn't say that. Okay, yeah, I did say that. I want that. Oh, yeah. Okay. But you know we need to keep an eye on. Well, yeah. But also, like, the first couple things you said, I'm like, well, there's also seven kids. So I can, and she's homeschooling them all. I can understand why there's a lot of computers in the house because she's homeschooling seven children. But so I can imagine. Kids. Why are they never outside? But that part, and there's no kid friends coming over, that's concerning to me. And the windows and blinds always being closed. Like, I can understand 
sometimes, but always it's like, it, that's where I start to get a little more like, mm, let's, I'm with the neighbors on that one. That's weird. Yeah. They're not letting, to me, it feels like they're not letting kids be kids. Kids need to run around, do fuck all, do stupid crap with their friends, yes. bike, yeah. run hills, climb trees, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and if anything, I would think as, as a homeschool parent, I would want my kids to be socialized more because that is the piece they're missing right. from the school setting right. for their age group. Not their, right. not their brothers and sisters. That's different. That's a different kind of play <coughs> than with other kids because other kids have different values. So you need that. To butt up against your kids so they learn their values, right? Right. And learn how to deal in society. But I digress. That's my personal opinion. I mean, I just, it's weird. It's weird. If you're my neighbors, you're weird. (laughs) (laughs) You know who you are. You know what you did. (laughs) Not the one. If you're, if you're catty corner for me, not you. If you're next door, not you. If you're across the street, you. July 22nd, 2015, at 11.30 p.m., Broken Arrow PD got a 911 call that they think was from 12-year-old Daniel at the Beaver Bever home. It was a report that someone was attacking their family. When the officers arrived from the home, they found 13-year-old Crystal in the front of the home suffering from multiple stab wounds. Oh, my God. Crystal was able to identify her attackers. Who do you think her attackers were? Her, Her brothers and sisters. That's my guess. I don't know. Demons. Jesus. No, not Jesus. Demons. Okay, we'll go run and go. I'm going to go with demons, Alex. What are demons and satanic panic for 200? Crystal alleged that her attackers were her oldest brothers, Robert and Michael. I was right the first time. Okay. Okay, everyone. Now is the time to bail because everything from this point forward is a shit pothole. I cannot... State enough. If you cannot handle my ship hot holes, because mine are always bad, bail now. Okay, welcome back, everyone. <laughs> At 11.40 p.m., the police entered the home and located the bodies of David, April, Daniel, Christopher, 7, Victoria, 5. Christopher and Victoria were located in the first floor bathroom. April was found near the couch of the living room on the first floor, And David and Daniel were found in the second floor. They were all killed in a combination of more than 100 sharp force wounds from knives and maybe a hatchet. Court documents stated that April tried to fight back and was stabbed almost 50 times. Holy crap. And remind me again, April is the mother? Yes. Holy mother of God. And dad is Michael? David. David. Jeez. Two-year-old Autumn was found unharmed upstairs. Think, okay, say, I was going to say, I mean, not like any of this is good, but small mercies, right? Like July 23rd, 2015, at 12.30 p.m., the police found Robert and Michael in a wooded area behind the house covered in dirt and blood wearing Kevlar vests. The pair was arrested on five counts of first-degree murder and one count of assault and battery with a deadly weapon. Once at the police station, Michael began became the weak link. Bruh, snitches get stitches. He also probably figured out, I, I, I'm the one that's going to get the deal, so I won't have to go to prison for the rest of my life, maybe a 25-er. Well, I also think that Michael, being the younger of the two, he was 
probably more following his older brother's lead. Mm, mm, yeah, my, not his idea, and his older brother said to do it, and he's like, okay, because that's his brother. Right. Yeah, how was he? He doesn't have a frame of reference. So, how old are these boys at this time? Do you know? Uh, yes, they 18 and 15. Okay, yeah, 18 to 15 is a big jump in, in maturity, brain-wise. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I could see that. I mean... Oh, this is just awful. Yeah, it gets worse. So Michael told the police that he and Robert began collecting knives that they bought online. Remember all the computers? (laughs) Robert also bought a full Kevlar bodysuit. Okay, this is where I'm like, what the fuck? How do you, how do you buy that online? I, how do you buy that online? let's you keep going let me see if i can find one okay i'm curious now so robert bought this with money he earned working at a christian call center that seems right yeah michael on the other hand only had enough money for a vest according to michael robert kept a journal where he wrote down all of his delusional fantasies about becoming an infamous killer (sighs) this is where the pair started making plans on going on a killing spree that would last from Oklahoma to Washington, killing randomly as they went. Their ultimate goal was to kill 50 to 100 people. Oh my God. Robert had ordered several guns online that he picked up at a local gun store. Okay. You know, I'm sorry. I'm going to... You can buy a full armor, seven pound system... For $1,726. will get you there. So yeah, it's very doable. I'm not going to tell people websites or anything because I'm, I'm not, no, we're not going to promote this, but holy shit. This is, yeah, it's very accessible. And I doubt that they're going to check ID when you're buying this thing. No, not, no. Mm-mm. I mean, this is, this is, look at this. This is bananas. You I, can have full like army level shit. First of all, and honestly... Those pictures, those pictures look just like what a video, what the characters of a video game that my son plays looks like on. Yeah, like Call of Duty shit. Yeah, this is disgusting. So I, it I, makes it look like a fucking video game. This is horrible. I can't. Yeah, no, Mm-mm. let's move on. Pass that. Yeah, let's move on. So Robert ordered several guns online that he picked up at a local gun store, and that's what you have to do when you order guns online. I can tell you this. Oh, you have to then go to the... Like, they're shipped to the store. Right. They don't ship them to your house. You have to pick them up at a store because they don't... You can put in your birthday online, but they have to physically check your ID and run all the checks. Right. Like, those sites that say, are you over 21 to view? And it's like Guinness's website. You can put whatever the fuck in those. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, when you buy guns online, they have to be shipped to a gun store, and you have to pick it up there. So, that's why he picked them up at a local gun store. But the 18-year-old did? Yes. And nobody was like... I'm sure they were <sighs> rifles, because oh. at 18, you can buy rifles. This is where I think it's so silly that you can buy worse, I say, worse guns than a handgun mm-hmm. at 18 mm-hmm. versus 21. I, like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't understand, but anyway. Uh, me either, so we're just going to yep, keep going. Yeah, keep on. moving. <laughs> so, he... Also ordered ammo online as well, but that was going to be delivered to the house, and he knew that would be sus, so the simple answer was he had to get rid of his family before the ammo arrived. Their plan was to set off on their spree, 
To post their family's bodies on social media. To post. To post. Mm-hmm. They were going to post. What the fuck? Wait, what? What? So what is the purpose behind this killing spree? What, what were they trying to do? What was their message? <clears throat> I, I'm going to get there later. Okay, good. I'm glad. I was like, tell me that because it sounds so silly. But for some reason, that feels like at least they had a reason. Not like it's a good thing at all. But Jesus. Captain Obvious told the police nothing went according to plan. <laughs> yeah. You think? So Crystal came into their brother's room because one of them, it is unknown which one, lured her into their shared bedroom. So Robert and Michael shared a room. They lured Crystal in there. It is unknown which one lured her in there, but Robert slit Crystal's throat. Now Crystal, bless her heart, she is a fighter and didn't die immediately. And that's probably, you know, where the plan... It already started to fail at the beginning. Right. Because Obviously they're immediately deviated because it's really hard to slit someone's throat and have them die immediately. Yeah. This is, again, guys, is not a video game. This isn't fucking like, you know, GTA where it looks easy. No, no. This is ugh, so, real life. Instead of dying, she started screaming and Robert had to continue stabbing her. Well, Crystal's screams woke up the rest of the house. And the rest of the story gets a little convoluted because the brothers' stories became confusing and contradictory. Which means they don't want to tell what actually happened, but they did it. End of the day. So one or both of the brothers started stabbing April in the hallway, but she fought back. Or she fought him off and ran outside. Michael followed April outside and was able to wrestle her back inside before finally killing her in the living room. David, as any father would, ran towards the screams, but Robert was waiting for him in the boys' room and stabbed him and then slit his throat. We're still slitting throats, even though it didn't work. Jeez. Michael and Robert then went looking for the other siblings. They stabbed Daniel multiple times. Christopher and Victoria were terrified and were hiding in the bathroom when Michael and Robert found them. Michael then mindfucked them into opening the door by yelling, help, Robert came out to get me. And when they opened the door, both brothers pounced on them like tigers on fresh prey and stabbed them to death. This is horrific. Like, how can you do this to your family? I don't, I don't get this. Like, I just don't understand. They started to hear the sirens because remember, Daniel... The 12-year-old, he wasn't dead, and he actually called 911. Thank God. So this is when they started to hear the sirens and ran out the back door towards the woods. The fuckers had no plans. They weren't even wearing shoes at this point. (laughs) So, and that's when they were found, taken to the police station, and They start saying, oh, this is part of our master plan. And this is their, you know, all that was their confession. Okay. So, fast forward to August 15th. Michael and Robert have a video arraignment. And guess what this dynamic duo decide to plea? Not guilty by reason of insanity. Well, not guilty. Okay. Seriously, why do they always plead not guilty? There was literally a witness that saw you do it. And they ratted you out, you and stupid you fuckers. also confessed to yes. doing it, sir. Yes! Which, if you're going to do that, hopefully it's for a plea deal. Right. But they're idiots. So thank God they are. Because honestly, I don't want these people out on ever. (laughs) No. 
So the brother's attorneys had filed motions to have some records sealed, including the 911 call. And on August 5th, a judge ruled that the computer-aided dispatch transcript of the call could be released, but the audio was ordered to be sealed. That's fine. At least they got the information out there. So the audio has since been released, and I actually listened to it. Oh, what was it like? It was disturbing. Like, you could tell it was... Like, like, because it's a 12-year-old calling. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know how you listen it, to that. I Please don't go listen to it. Please don't seek it out. I didn't seek it out. It was actually in one of the articles I got my one of my sources, and it was there. And I actually, my husband was sitting next to me, and he was watching TV, and I said, hey, can you pause that? And then I went, I'm going to listen to a 911 call. Here's your chance to bail. And he was like, play it. And then I was like... We were both like, ugh. Like, oh, let's watch anything else. Let's turn something on. Quick, quick, quick. Turn Chicago Fire back on. Right. <laughs> anything but what's happening at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, Oof. it was, yeah. Don't go find it, please. So October 1st, 2015, Robert Nye, Michael's attorney, filed a motion to have prosecuted as a juvenile. See, in Oklahoma, the state law says that 15 to 17-year-olds charged with first-degree murder are to be tried as adults and are ineligible for juvenile status. That seems right. Not only did Robert try to get Michael tried as a juvenile, he challenged the constitutionality of the state law that mandated his client to be tried as an adult. Mm. So not only was he like, he needs to be a juvenile, he went balls to the wall and challenged the constitutionality of the state law. I mean, I, when I say that seems right, it's like for the state that it's in. We're, I mean, Texas, same shit, right? We have terrible laws like that too. And this is where this whole juvenile crime, like you covered the Canada cases where those the, the girl, the vampire girl mm-hmm. or whatever who like killed and like she was allowed to then leave, live a normal life afterwards. It's they, like, I think she was allowed to change her name and then yeah. just lost track of her. Yeah. It's mm. like, there's this weird thing where I do think children, anyone under 18 needs to be treated as a child. Let's be real. Like, let's just be fucking I mean, real. I don't necessarily always agree with but, that. But exactly. Like, but it's also like, sometimes you're like, you have to look at the crime. You have to look at the crime. And I think this 100% needs to be an adult. Yeah. It's really, but then it's like this nuance, but the problem is you, the law doesn't account for nuance. It no, is or it isn't. black or white. And yeah. I don't think, I think when you're dealing with juveniles, you, it's not black and white. No, there's so many mitigating factors. Like you said, like the older brother probably did have a lot of play with his younger brother. Like you just don't know the dynamics. There's like no, you know, but I a lot think of shit. him... For me, the deciding factor of Michael needs to be tried as an adult for me was the whole knocking on the bathroom door and saying, Robert's coming after me. Help me to lure them out. And then they both kill. Yes. Yeah, it's, that's, and then they yeah. build them together. Like this is, mm. yeah. this is horrific. Like why? Anyway, keep going. So October 12th, 2015, Tulsa County judge denied Rob's motion for Michael to be tried as a juvenile. But Rob appealed that decision. And then in December, Rob and Steve Kunzweller, my bad, don't know, the Tulsa District Attorney presented their arguments to the Oklahoma Court of Appeals to determine whether or not Michael would be tried as an adult. The court sided with the prosecution and it was determined that Michael would be tried as an adult. So first they're trying to get 
you know, they've tried to say he's juvenile. They said, no, he's not juvenile. Then they appeal it. And finally, they're like, look, this is horrific. He committed this horrific crime. We're not going to let him off on this. Mm -hmm. And so the court finally said, no, dude, we're not doing it. And February 23rd, 2016, during a preliminary hearing, the Broken Arrow police officer testified that Robert and Michael didn't intend to end killing with Karen and their family. They planned to continue on killing more people. They wanted to be famous for what they had done. They also testified that Robert laughed when he described the attacks and said that killing more than one person made him, and I quote, like a god. Ugh. I mean, that just shows you right there. Like, these are, this is something that was there. You know what I mean? Like, all the other kids obviously weren't these people, or that person, I should say, Robert. And Robert had a problem. Robert had a problem with his yeah. brain. You it, know? It, this was not good. And then I'm, I'm, I'm just going to assume him being away from other kids kind of. When you're in your head, in your own head too much, so, it can really make you spiral. I think the worst thing ever was sequestering them from other children. Yeah, that didn't help. I'm assuming this case at all. Yeah. So June seventeenth, twenty sixteen, Robert actually attempted suicide in his jail cell. Hmm. Remember when I shit potholes at the beginning? I told you to bail out. There's still stuff. If you're still here. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> it, it, it ain't getting any better. C- come back for when I talk about good people. <laughs> so Robert was kept in the medical unit where he was being held to be segregated from Michael because they didn't want Michael and Robert to be together. No. And so according to the Tulsa County deputies, he tried to hang himself. So Robert was sleeping in what they called a sleeping boat. And this is a large plastic canoe-shaped tray for inmates to use when they don't have a bed. And since he was being kept in the medical unit, he didn't have a standard bed because he was not in, you know, the regular population. Okay. And so Robert tied a sheet around his neck and the sleeping boat, and then he propped the boat against the toilet... And then allowed his head to hang freely. Oh, okay. They then kept this suicide attempt under wraps until July 6th. So they kept this quiet for a couple of weeks. They didn't want the public to know. Right. You know, I mean, I get it. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Like, you know, the police don't show you all their cards. No. That is why the public was so outraged with this whole Utah situation. They didn't think they were, like, doing their job. Yeah. When you didn't think they were doing their job, and the next thing you know, they arrested the killer. Right. It's like we were do- we were building a case behind the scenes, yeah. Because if they let you know everything, they wouldn't have been able to arrest the killer. They have to hold things back that only the killer would know, because then they would know, oh, we got the guy. Yeah. So July 7th, 2016, Sharon Holmes, the district judge, granted a continuance of the brother's arraignment for the third time since February. This shit... Shit like this pisses me the fuck off. I know. It's like all these delays, delays, delays. It's like, come on, guys. But this continuous continuance actually helped the state by giving them more time to determine if they were going to seek the death penalty for Robert. Ooh. 
Michael was actually ineligible for the death penalty because of his age. So his age determined he was going to be tried as an adult. Right. But his age was still young enough that made him ineligible for the death penalty. Yeah, which I I totally agree with. And honestly, I don't know if Robert, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still like kind of weird about the death penalty right now for myself. But Robert being 18, and by this time, you know, he's probably in his 20s. 19, 20, 21. Yeah, Yeah. he's an adult adult. you know, they're still determining, okay, they're still looking at their case, determining how strong their case is. Are they going to seek the death penalty for him? So this continuance actually gave them more time to get more evidence, to make that determination. And so they were scheduled to be back in court on September 7th. Well, September 7th, 2016th, Robert did what everyone should do. He took the motherfucking plea. (laughs) Damn time. Because he realized, oh shit, death penalty's on the table here? No, sir. So, y'all, we tell you all the time, take the motherfucking plea. Listen to your lawyer, really, is what we're trying to say. Like, if your lawyer's saying, we need to take a plea deal, that means they know that this case is not going to be winnable, even if you're innocent. So you just fucking, sure. He saw the assignment and he accepted it. Mm -hmm. And Robert was sentenced to five life sentences without parole and one life sentence to be served consecutively. I mean, I don't know how many six lifetimes you lead, but he's not coming out. (laughs) He ain't ever coming out. (laughs) No. He gonna sit there for a long time. Yep. March 18th, 2017. So we're like two years after the murders. Okay. The Beaver Bever home was sitting empty when it was burned mm. the house caught fire but an investigation didn't determine what was the cause of the fire really mm-hmm. i think that there's probably someone in the community that was creeped out by this house mm-hmm. and they're like we need to get rid of this monstrosity mm-hmm. because of what happened in it no mm-hmm. one should have to live in this mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. yeah it's not right. Don't don't arson people. But I get Yeah, don't arson. I get don't if don't. that's what happened. Yeah. There. Yeah. So then in a then on April 9th, Mike Lester, a broken arrow city council member, he did something great. He announced that he had reached his goal to raise fifty thousand dollars to purchase the old house. And you're probably thinking, why in the hell would Mike want this house, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fucking creepy. Well, he wanted to turn the property into a memorial garden. Okay, yeah. Great. Love it. (laughs) In other words, raise the house down, flat, garden. Love. Great idea. So May 2nd, fundraising efforts allowed the city of Broken Arrow to purchase the home with plans of bulldozing the home and merging the property with an existing park behind it. And then February 16th, 2018, Gayla Adcock, a Broken Arrow police detective, hands in her resignation to the department amid claims she's mishandled evidence. According to court records, Gayla was was on the affidavit on multiple search warrants related to the seizure of multiple electronic items from the Beaver Bever residence. Oh, no. Y'all, don't mishandle evidence. Dude, this is bad. This can overturn everything, right? So, April 19th, 2018, there was the largest jury pool in history. They began with 100 candidates. They ended up selecting 11 women and 3 men. Okay. Women on a jury for murder. 
<laughs> of an entire family. Yeah. I feel is a great thing. Yeah. I, it, this is, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. So April 20th, 2018, Michael's trial began. Here's the irony of this. Michael and Robert were obsessed with mass murders, like the Columbine shootings. Oh, gross. So, the irony that Michael's trial began on the day of the Columbine shootings. Oh, God. Just... Like... Is like... Come on, guys. I Pick don't another even, day. I don't even... It's almost like somebody handpicked that day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they saw all of their computer history and knew their obsession and knew... You know what I mean? And knew that they wanted to kill these people. Ugh. And it was like, you know what, dude? Fuck you. We're going to start your motherfucking trial this day. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Michael and Crystal both testified that Robert talked about them and other mass murderers all the time. So, mm. you know, I, I just feel like that's a little bit of the, yeah. the courts going, fuck you. Mm-hmm. May 10th, 2018, after more than five hours of deliberation. First of all, I have no idea why it took so long to deliberate. <laughs> right. Because... Open, shut. Well, you want to get lunch. Yeah, you have to you get lunch. You get the lunch, so come like, on. If, Let's if, be real. If they, like, since you deliberate at 9 a.m. Yeah. You're going to, okay, cool, I already have breakfast, three hours to lunch, so you have your lunch, boom, there's another hour, and then yeah. it's like, how are we feeling? Still the same? Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's okay. wrap this up. Round two Okay. See? I get it now. Mm-hmm. They found him guilty. Yeah, of course they did. Mm-hmm. May 18th. Crayon drawings from a journal Michael kept while he was in the county jail that were part of the trial evidence were released to the media. And these drawings, a deputy called Morbid and Violence. I saw the drawings. Don't. Just don't. May 30th, it was announced that the old Beaver Bever property would become the Memorial Park with flower gardens, a simple gazebo. And Mike Lester called it a place no one wants to remember, but no one can forget. Yeah. So, I mean, at least they didn't build a new house. Thank God. You know. Or keep that house. um, Yeah. Now it's actually a memorial to the unfortunate lives that were lost there. As it should be. Yes. This is what we really give a shit about as the victims here. Who cares about these two pieces of crap that decided that they were going to be gaming. Okay. Can we just talk about that for a second? I believe part of the reason why these shitheads keep doing crap like this is because Instead of focusing in the news on the mass murdering victims, mm-hmm. we focus on the killer. Who right. gives a flying fuck what this terrible person did? Let's focus on the victims where it actually, sh- where, where I believe that's what matters, right? right? How are these people, how can we help these people move past this tragedy and survive and live a normal life again? So yeah, like the horrible Q tragedy where it was talking about the people who took down the hor- the horrible shooter. I preferred that. Yes. I did notice the news is slowly starting to get there with it. Right. It's just when you glorify cuz unfortunately Columbine was a seminal moment in our histories. Yes. It was horrible. It was disgusting. I can still I still have pictures in my head. Me too. Of the, what the, I saw on the news. Absolutely. Absolutely. The kids like running out and stuff I can see oh, it in like, my brain. 
I, in my head, I see them climbing out the windows with really? shards broken up glass I remember on that. top of SWAT vehicles. Yeah, like, I remember that. Yeah. It was horrifying. And the news inaccurately portrayed those two boys as loners and like nobody liked them. Absolutely not. They were actually the popular kids and everybody hated them. They bullied people all the time. And actually they were not good people. So the problem is the news made it look like, oh, only the loners do this. So now we have this like thing in our society. What I remember the most is if you watch the documentary that's been out for many, many years, there's a 911 call of one of their father's calling 911 saying, I think it's my son. Right. I remember that. And that disgusts me to no end Mm -hmm. because... If you, if this is happening and you think it's your son, then you should have fucking done something about it before this fucking happened. Yeah. There's like plenty of mental health care and resources back then to this day. Like guys, come on. Like there, there, there are places you can go for this and don't get me wrong. Early two thousands, late nineties. We didn't talk about therapy. Therapy was for quote unquote crazy people still. So now that we are putting it out there, like a normal thing in society, I love that. Let's, let's normalize it. But I just, we need to get away from glorifying these fuck, fuckheads. I'm sorry. Like, that's the problem is other, like this, these two boys are like, oh, I want to be famous like those guys. It's like, that's disgusting. Like, we should never be glorifying these people. Yeah, it, but yeah, the, those are the things that stuck in my head. Like, the dad calling them one and saying, I think it's my son. And that, to me, he should have been in jail. But that's my personal opinion. They're, they're figuring that out because, like, the other one, those parents were in jail for the other one. The kid at the school. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're getting there slowly. But, again, the laws just aren't catching up with, you know, where we're at in the world. We're, like, 20, 30 years behind. So. So these boys are in prison. Yes. To this um, day. July 24th, Michael was supposed to receive his sentence okay. and told the judge, ready? Mm. You're going to throw up. Everybody's going to throw up. Every minute, every second, I've been thinking about what I could have done differently and what kind of thing I could have had with my family. The judge delayed sentencing until August 9th. In the end, Michael was sentenced to five life sentences plus 28 years for the assault on Crystal. But unlike Robert, Michael gets the possibility of parole because he was a minor. The earliest he would be eligible for parole would be... 2054, when he is 54 years old. Okay, well, yeah. So, March 27th, 2018, Reflection Park was dedicated. Oh, that's a beautiful name. In July 15th, 2019, Robert, the older boy, approached two staff members from behind in the day room at the Joseph Harper Correctional Center in Lexington at 4.40 p.m. with a weapon and attacked them. Oh. June 25th, 2020, the appeals court was divided, but upheld the Tulsa judge's decision to disregard the recommendation and Michael's convictions and the life sentences stood because they were appealing Michael's life sentences uh. as a minor. Crystal and Autumn, the two surviving members of the Beaver Bever family, they were adopted by a loving family. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. Wow. That is insane. 
That's insane. Wow. I think that just proves that Robert, he's still attacking people in prison. Like, he is a terrible human being. Like... That's who he is. Lock him up. Throw away the key. Yeah. Sometimes some people do need to be in solitary confinement. Sometimes some people do need the death penalty. Sometimes it's just... Yeah. It's them. You know? Whereas Michael feels more like... I mean, maybe he didn't have a propensity for it, but he sure took a liking to it. I don't... I think that statement from him was just bullshit. Yeah. He has to say what he has to say. To try to get a lighter sentence. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, it's just... I I still don't... I just don't understand that mentality of, this is how I'm going to get famous. Like, I think that's part of the problem with the United States in general, is all of us want to be famous, right? All of us think we're going to be a millionaire someday. All of us think we're going to be Elon Musk. It's like, bro... No, we're not. And that's a fucking okay. It's okay. We don't have to be famous. I, I, it's I don't okay. Wanna, I don't want to be famous. Fuck no. A, a millionaire, maybe. Like, well, let's see if I nice. won the lottery last night. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to like just be able to like sit at home and Hold not on. do anything ever again? That'd be amazing. Let me check and see if I won the lottery. I could be famous. But um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like at that obsession and no matter what I have to do to get it has the cause of a lot of shit in our country. And I feel like... Why? Why Why have we allowed this, like, culture of everyone's going to be a Hollywood movie star like that to continue? Because we do it to our serial killers. Like, think about it. We can name Bundy, Gacy, Dahmer, Gein, you know, like, you just name them off the top of your head because Richard Ramirez, because we ourselves in our own society have made them icons in a fucking gross way, you know? They shouldn't be icons. They should be short like little snippets of this is the type of monsters that exist and in, in hiding in plain sight in our society. That's you know, what it should be. Be careful when you're walking to your car. Don't yes. help someone with a broken arm. As a gay man, Dahmer was an actual fucking shark and a predator in gay society. Like that's another thing. That's another like look around yourself. Make sure the people around you are safe no matter where you're at. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, Don't go home with strangers. Yeah. Oh my God, no. Or if you do, text your BF and be like, yo, I'm going home with this person. Here's where I'm at. You know, you can do Drop all that shit today. Where you're at. Drop a pin, leave your phone on record, whatever you need to do to protect yourself, do it. Because yeah, people are fucking weird, obviously. Oh, crazy. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you again, synchronicity. This is so fucking weird. I'm gonna tell you about two sisters. Okay. I don't know how we keep doing this. We so literally do not guys, talk to each other. We don't do, we don't tell each other what we're doing. So last time she did the guy that killed children. Mm-hmm. And then I did the star mom who is like helping children, helping children. That's so weird. And I just did two brothers that murder terrible. I'm doing two sisters that are amazing. We do, we do, <laughs> we keep our shit on lock. We don't secret. tell each other because we want the real like reaction. Yeah. Amazing. Synchronicity, like I said. So I'm going to tell you about Melody and Isabel Widgsen, who are two sisters making a difference in Bali. Oh, tell me. I know. So these two girls grew up. Let's go visit them. I know. I still need a passport. Uh, Yeah. Is it coming in the mail? I still have to apply for it. Oh, got it. Okay. (laughs) There's that. (laughs) This is the year of the passport for you. At a minimum, that's one resolution you can keep, right? That was supposed to be last year's. It's okay, we'll get it this year. So they grew up in Bali, and they remember as kids at ages 10 and 12 seeing plastic pollution all over their beaches. 
oh, please tell me they take it, recycle it, make something beautiful. So they said, quote, there's no escaping it here. The plastic problem is so in your face. And we thought, well, who's going to do something about it? Turns out they did something about it. They said after a class about like MLK Jr. and other leaders for change, like Lady Di and Nelson Mandela, that they're like, well, those people did it. We can do it. There was another girl, remember, from the, the pre-Rosa Parks girl, who was the original girl who was, like, sitting on the bus. I don't remember her name, but yes. I can't remember her name either. Forgive us. But she did the same thing happen to her. She was sitting in class learning about world leaders for change. And she was like, you know what? I can do something about it. And guess what? The little tiny changes, the little thought is it. That's all it takes to change the world, which is insane. So get this. This is quoting them. We didn't want to wait until we were older to stand up for what we believe in. That's them quoting. So they founded the organization Bye Bye Plastic Bags, which is an NGO operated by young people determined to get plastic bags out of Bali. They got 100,000 signatures to get their local government's attention. They had a TED Talk in London, because of course they did. Okay, how do you get a TED Talk? I want a TED Talk. (laughs) Are you going to like... It, it's like seven minutes and you have to like present something to them, but I'm sure you can apply. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'm getting <laughs> TED Talk, bitches. Let's do it. And then they made an appearance to the UN. At the UN, they explained their plight. And, and this was in front of like leaders. And these are like, again, teenagers. My TED Talk's going to be on insurance. Oh, there you go. I love it. However, Bali's governor was not impressed enough to do anything at the time and wouldn't meet with them when they requested a hearing with him, even after like the 100,000 signatures, all these different things, right? So they took the, I guess you can say not advice, but like kind of the, the journey of another great leader, Gandhi, and they went on a hunger strike. And this worked. 24 hours later, they were escorted to the governor by the police who signed a memorandum to say no to plastic bags in Bali by January 2018. So he then signed an order to ban plastic bags, straws, and styrofoam on the island, and it went into effect in 2019. I'm just going to say I hate paper straws. Yeah, paper straws are the worst. But I will say, like, I've been using, well, you know, plastic. Like, not, like, plastic throwaway, but, like, oh yeah, you know I what I'm mean, talking about? Like, the reusable plastic? Yeah, and the glass ones and, like, the silicone ones are great. They're fucking great. They're not. I don't like the metal ones because they get too cold. Oh, and they also like, if you go in hard, you can chip your tooth or your gums. It hurts. I've done that. I'm like, ow. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So now, since then, you have to declare as you go into Bali, if you bring plastic bags into the country. So it's not just like fruit and shit. They're like, do you have plastic bags on you? They need to declare. Now, do they mean like Ziploc bags too? I don't, I'm not quite sure. I didn't read into the, until we go girl. Until we go to Bali. Okay, you know, we I mean, go we'll to just Bali like find out. next month. <laughs> it. You know, Bali money we had saved up. But no, but I think that's actually really fucking smart. It's like, yeah. we work really hard to keep this off this island. Please don't bring your shit and your trash here. Because honestly, that bothers me too. Like, when you go on vacation, you see, like, no matter who it is, but especially tourists, like, leaving their shit. Like, you know, people live here, y'all. Don't be assholes. Like, pick up after yourself, please. And now there are educational booklets that are handed out at elementary schools in Indonesia educating kids about the harm plastic can do. Their NGO has 50 locations across the U.S. and 1,000 applications to expand 
further. Wow. They also worked on the project One Island, One Voice to reduce plastic usage and waste through NGOs, hotels, shops, you name it. Then that has committed to making an impact into their communities, like literally where they're living. So all in all, these girls are enacting change in their communities and making their homes safe for future generations after them. And they're not even in their 30s yet. They're just are entering their 20s. See, I love that so much, but yet I feel so bad about myself. Don't. Don't. Just be glad that, again, like what we learned about Chucky last week, about his like forward-thinking thoughts. <laughs> I was like, that's so genius. We're going to be fine, y'all. Like, unfortunately, our children are cleaning up our messes and the messes of people before us. So thank God. But we also can make little small changes. I just think it's interesting how, you know, it is a, it does kind of take that little thought to go, you know, I'm going to do something different today that is a little scary to change things. And I'm glad that they are because I would, I don't want to go to Bali and have plastic bags everywhere like can you imagine living around that that would just be yeah that's gross yeah so way to go girls it's amazing so good uplifting ending i'm hoping (laughs) yeah that makes me yes great ending i feel so much better than my icky ass story that i mean everyone feel like shit no but it's, it's important because, like, we're slowly making change, I think. Not us, but, like, our country in, in I mean, areas like that. I mean, we could be. I mean, we could be. We could be helping. I hope. I hope y'all enjoy us. And <laughs> Anyway, thank y'all so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.